Welcome to Code Talk, the podcast where we discuss building code and its impacts on residents and business owners right here in Fairfax County. Today we're talking about plan review and more specifically plan review for the plumbing trade. Most people, especially designers, engineers, architects, they provide plans to the county for plan review. To give us more understanding on the plumbing plan review side of the house, we have Lee Kraft with us. He's a plumbing plan reviewer with the Building Division of Land Development Services. Lee, thanks for being on Code Talk with us today. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely glad to have you. Looking forward to the subject and the topic and uh, something I must admit that I have not had a lot of experience with, so I'm looking forward to, to learning here. Before we dive into the specifics and, and the details of that type of thing, just the, the basic question to start with. Plumbing plan reviewer, what does that mean? What do you do for Fairfax County? Well, basically what I'm doing is I'm actually reviewing the plan to construct for compliance with code. Um, this this precedes any inspection, obviously. Um, and I'm trying to uh, go through those plans, make sure everything meets code, um, and uh, hopefully from there, uh, we'll get m- the majority of the compliance issues straightened out, okay. um, and it will hit the field uh, and uh, be pretty much ready to go for okay. installation. I know there's no, no, no typical plan, no typical thing. No. I mean, it, you know, how, you know, I was going to ask, you know, like how long does it take to go through a plan? Are most plans, you know, properly done, you know, kind of, you, you see a lot of errors? I mean, kind of just give us some insights there. Uh, yeah, the, it, you're right. They're really isn't a typical plan necessarily. Um, We get a lot of uh, issues uh, often with uh, quality control checking. Uh, Sometimes we'll get plans that honestly aren't uh, really 100% done uh, Mm -hmm. that are pushed through to make it appear uh, that uh, there's some progress going on. Uh, And uh, or Perhaps they don't use conventions that, of course, most uh, drafters would typically know for uh, uh, that identify things such as uh, new work uh, or uh, a connection for a new pipe to an existing system. Oh, okay. So maybe the the homeowner kind of doing up a plan himself and trying to bring it in. Occasionally. Now, I'm on the commercial side, so I usually get the plans from uh, either what's called an RDP, a registered design professional, or a master plumber. Okay. Okay. Some specifics. I want to go deep down in. I mean, kind of talk to me a little bit about what you're looking for, what your job entails, that kind of thing. Well, uh, one of the first things I'm probably going to do when I get the plan is uh, I'm going to check for compliance with the minimum number of uh, minimum plumbing fixtures. Hmm. Uh, In layman's terms, that's basically I'm looking to make sure that you have enough toilets. Okay. Um, And uh, and what is that minimum number, by the way? Well, it varies on the (laughs) occupancy. Of course it does. Um, And uh, it depends on uh, your occupancy of the building and the uh, occupancy classification. Ah. Um, Wow, a lot to know. Sure. And what happens is uh, the first thing I check is that really because uh, if – you don't have enough toilets, obviously that plan is going to change. So I'm kind of going, well, well, why am I looking at this if Mm. I don't have enough toilets? Because there's going to be some more toilets added to the plan. Um, Typically, what will happen is the building reviewer uh, will use an occupancy. This comes from the building review side, and the egress occupancy is used to calculate the number of toilet fixtures that I need. The number of toilet fixtures per the occupancy classification Mm -hmm. shows up in Chapter 4. 
Uh, and it'll depend. You know, um, the ratio is different for a business, say, versus a restaurant, which would be an assembly or a two. That makes sense. Uh, something that actually occurred uh, relatively recently that maybe some folks have heard of. We, we call it potty parity. Um, the national codes recognized, for instance, in oh, football stadiums and uh, hockey stadiums, that the line for the women's restroom was quite a bit longer than the yeah, men's restroom. Yeah. Uh, in order to adjust for that, uh, in the 2000 version of the national code, the ratios were changed so that basically you're going to end up with more toilets for the women's restrooms than the men's restrooms. Wow. Good, that's good thought, though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> because like you said, everybody who's been to a game mm-hmm. has, has seen it. I, I, I guess I'll, I want to take another step back and then ask this really dumb question. Why is my plan review requ- – uh, why is a plan review for plumbing required? I mean, why do I have to do this? Uh, well, typically you're going to be required a plan review if you're altering piping. Mm-hmm. Um, if for say, uh, th- there's a difference between a repair and say a an alteration which would require a permit. Uh, repair would be something like um, you have an existing set of uh, toilets and you don't like the 1957 pink color that they're in. You just want to change them. That's a repair. You really haven't altered the piping. Gotcha. Uh, you're simply connecting to the same piping connections that you had before. If, for instance, then instead you want to move all of the toilets from, say, one wall to the opposite wall, mm-hmm. you're now uh, you're basically changing the piping. Uh, that can affect drainage, it can affect sizing, it can affect venting, uh, gotcha. and those are all things that are checked for yeah, on the plans. Yeah. Okay. Who You, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier when you are talking about some of the, I guess, the words they use or the terms they use. Who, who actually can prepare and submit these plans to you for review? Uh, normally, uh, this is for commercial. We uh, require a, a registered design professional. That would be, in layman's terms, either a registered architect uh, or a professional engineer. Uh, in some cases on smaller projects, and we do have a, a document uh, that is available from uh, Land Development Services that indicates the threshold uh, below which a master plumber could um, actually prepare the drawings and mm. submit them. Gotcha. Okay. We are on the Code Talk podcast, so we have to talk code for a little bit. What codes are you applying or you using when you're doing your plumbing plan review? Uh, typically, obviously, I'd be using the Virginia plumbing code, uh, mostly. Uh, in addition to that, um, I'm also typically using the uh, ANSI ICC A117.1. Yes, I know that's a mouthful. <laughs> um, that is basically, a lot of people would uh, call that ADA. It's not actually ADA. Uh, the ICC A117 is actually a set of guidelines. It's uh, referenced by the building code, by our Virginia building code or our Virginia construction code. Gotcha. Um, and ADA is actually a civil law, and it has its own set of guidelines, which look very similar, but uh, are not quite the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, additionally, I could be using the Virginia Rehabilitation Code. The Virginia Rehabilitation Code uh, is, say, for instance, you have an old building and you're only doing, oh, say, minor alterations. Mm-hmm. And the, alter- the alterations are classed, uh, type 1, type 2, type 3. And uh, if they're not very extensive alterations, some of the items uh, that you would normally be required for new construction may not apply. Gotcha. Uh, and in addition, I also uh, use the Virginia Fuel Gas Code. Uh, the plumbing 
uh, reviewer actually checks for fuel gas appliances and line sizing. Interesting. Interesting. You talked about one of the first things you look for when you're doing your your plan review is the is the number of toilets or mm. potties. Yeah. <laughs> what are what are other some of the other things you look for, and maybe some of the the common code violations that you that you've seen? Um, uh, you know, something that I see a lot of uh, is a uh, missing for minimum plumbing fixtures, and, and uh, minimum plumbing fixtures are typically toilets, lavatories. Uh, service sinks, which would be a slop sink or a mop sink, mm-hmm. and drinking fountains. Mm-hmm. Drinking fountains are off, often forgotten. Uh, or uh, there is uh, an aversion to uh, providing drinking fountains. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the drinking fountain is required, and by drinking fountain, that literally means uh, a stream of water that doesn't have to have an accessory to be used. Interesting. Um, and because for accessibility, you're required to have one for standing person and one for wheelchair person, that's typically a lot of people are very familiar with what we call a high-low. Yeah. A lot of times they're encompassed in one fixture. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have to be. Uh, you could have a tall one on one side of the room and a short one on the other side of the room as long as they meet the dimensions required and they have a stream of water right. uh, that you can drink from without wow. using a cup. They will work. Interesting. Um, but a lot of uh, it's become very popular, however, I think for bottle fillers and, and yeah. things of that nature, and those do not substitute for that drinking fountain. Interesting. Good point. Good point. Uh, we're talking about water, uh, you know, huge part of our, our daily lives. Um, how much... How much, you know, interface do you have with maybe some of the other agencies, I'm assuming county agencies, that type thing, that maybe have some some water use regulation? Actually, uh, the plumbing review probably has the biggest interface Hmm. with uh, outside agencies. Um, For example, uh, we deal with the health department. Uh, The health codes uh, for uh, regulate food handling. So anytime we get a restaurant, uh, that's also going to have to be looked at for health. The health department may require uh, additional fixtures, or they may require specific plumbing fixtures in a specific place in a restaurant. Uh, Additionally, when we get swimming pools, um, swimming pools, again, are regulated under the health department. Um, And there are specific regulations for uh, the pool and the bathhouse, and that, again, may require some sort of a change in the plumbing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Typically, we like to get the health review done first to make sure that everything that they need is in the plan before we see it. Makes sense. Uh, Additionally, uh, just wastewater. We have, obviously, a very extensive wastewater uh, system in the county. Um, for restaurants, uh, they have what's called fog um, or That's greases oils and, and oils. Yeah. Yep. And uh, a lot of times, or the majority of the time, actually, they require grease interceptors. Uh, mm. That's something that we try to pick up on the plan, make sure that it's in there to protect our uh, sewer system. Uh, additionally, sometimes you get discharges. Uh, that can affect uh, what's going on down at the back end, down there at the plant, because there's a little box of biological stuff going on at the plant. And some chemicals, sometimes they're used for, like, cooling towers and things like that. Uh, if they work their way down through the system, can mm. really affect the, how that yeah, works. Yeah. Uh, the water supply, obviously, uh, Fairfax water. Yeah. Um, we actually have a group of guys that uh, keeps tabs on backflow prevention. Hmm. And we look for backflow prevention in the plans. 
Uh, obviously, you don't want any kind of waterborne diseases working its way backwards through the water system and, and uh, contaminating true. or causing somebody to get sick either in the yeah. building or some, some other building because you're all connected. Uh, and then also stormwater. Wow. Um, obviously, you know, it rains. you got to put the stormwater somewhere from the roof. has got to go somewhere. Um, a lot of times we're dealing with uh, the stormwater folks uh, and what we call MS4, um, which is actually the Municipal Separate Storm Sewer System. <laughs> say that fast five times. That's where you say MS4. Uh, yeah, MS4, <laughs> much easier to say. And basically what that is is it regulates the surface discharges um, in the county. Uh, so basically, there are certain things we don't want discharged to the curb or mm. into the stormwater system. One of the common things now with all of the high-efficiency gas appliances is uh, that we didn't have prior when we didn't have a lot of uh, high-efficiency gas appliances. The gas appliances have a combustion condensate, and mm. we don't want that. That is not a, dis a an authorized discharge under MS4. We don't want it going to our surface waters and affecting all of the aquatic life and things gotcha. in, in our streams. A lot of stuff to to keep up with. A lot of these things are are newer, have not were not in place, you know, a long time ago. I'm assuming. I'm a, we're going to talk about this this green revolution coming up. Some of those things weren't in place maybe 20, 30 years ago. I'm assuming a lot of stuff that you and other inspectors and plan reviewers are having to to keep up on and get educated on. Oh sure, sure. There's a lot of new technology. Uh, and we're trying to encompass it into the codes. Um, there is uh, a section 1303 uh, for the 2012 version of the Virginia Plumbing Code. That's where it showed up. Uh, the 2012 version of the International Plumbing Code does not contain 1303. It's rainwater non-potable water systems. Wow. Um, and our building inspection branch chief, Guy Tomberlin, and uh, Benjamin Soika, who's an engineer from Charlottesville, Spent a lot of time in Richmond getting this added to the plumbing code. Um, what it is is it allows a non-potable reuse. Non-potable water is basically stuff you're not going to drink, you're not going to cook with, you're not going to wash with. Hmm. So you can use it for things like cooling tower makeup, uh, toilet flushing, things like that. And in order to give a little extra uh, water supply uh, that would not be metered, obviously, because it wouldn't be coming from Fairfax water, mm -hmm. for these non-potable systems, they developed Section 1303 to define how that's collected. It's collected off of uh, impervious roof surfaces, uh, and the things that you have to do to keep it as clean as possible to use it for those things. Uh, that section was very well received uh, essentially by the IPC. Uh, you will see it in the 2015 version of the International Plumbing Code. You'll wow. see a lot of those items pulled up uh, because typically everything is developed from a national level and then adopted down yeah, into the state yeah, level. Yeah, trickle down, I would think, yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. This one's worked its way up. Uh, wow. It's worked its way up from Virginia and is now being um, disseminated nationally. Yeah, that's uh, great. Plumbing code. Yeah, that's great. Uh, what about accessibility? I, I know there's, you know, accessibilities for, you know, the restrooms and that type of things. Does that affect the, the plumbing fixtures and plumbing review plan? It does. It does. Uh, we check for uh, at least in, in, within the um, uh, toilet rooms and um, uh, the plumbing fixture areas, uh, we check against the ICC A117.1. Uh, to make sure that we have adequate clearances, uh, for instance, uh, adequate stall dimensions mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. to be accessible, 
uh, adequate knee and clearance and, and feet clearance under sinks and things like that. Right. Okay. I, you just talked about storm drainage for, for buildings just a minute ago, but again, that's part of the, the review process that maybe some folks just wouldn't even think about. Uh, yes, and, and now the uh, check on, on the storm uh, is actually showing up, in the, it shows up in the back end of the plumbing uh, code. Uh, we here in Fairfax County, we actually use uh, 3.2 inches an hour of rainfall. Uh, when you go in for your calculation. Sometimes I'll see different numbers used, um, but uh, I'm checking to make sure that we have enough square footage area served that we don't have any undersizing on the storm systems, uh, and that is part of the review. Okay, that's a good point. Can you can you mention that one again, that figure? Uh, 3.2 inches an hour for Fairfax County. Okay, good, good to know. Um, a lot to know, a lot to to look at. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the reason, I, you know, when you answered earlier, there's no no typical plan, you know, and a lot to look at, as I have learned. Say it's gotten through your review, your A-OK and that type of thing. What's what's the process going forward after the plans are approved? Well, now I'm only one trade uh, and it still has to make it through all of the trades and building. Uh, once it makes it through all of the trades, then a permit will be issued by what we call uh, the Customer Technical Service Center or the second floor. And at that point, um, the customer can uh, start building under that permit. If he has a contractor, a trade contractor, the uh, contractor will actually pull a trade permit. Say, for instance, the plumber. So you hire a plumbing contractor. He'll be pulling a trade permit for plumbing from the parent permit number of that approved plan. Right, right, gotcha. Um, and then from be that plum, because he's pulled that separate trade permit, that allows him to get inspections. He, he can go ahead and start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, as we wrap up here, you've been doing this for a while. You've seen a lot, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Maybe there, maybe there's some new stuff you'll see that might throw you. But what what kind of advice would you give to someone when providing plumbing plans for review? I would say probably um, QC your drawings, quality control check your drawings. Uh, mm -hmm. We often have uh, disconnects between architecture and plumbing, uh, not unusual to see uh, in between uh, checks uh, because this can sometimes it take more than one review. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you'll see the architect has moved plumbing fixtures and you'll find a sink that's been moved to the other wall but the piping hasn't. Uh, more, more common than you think. Um, obviously, we'd really like to have substantially complete drawings um, because if they're not substantially complete, there isn't a very good chance that they're going to be approved. Kind of hard to review something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and just be very clear about your design intent. Um, again, the, you know, the, there's been drawing conventions used for many years. If you uh, intend this is a new item, make it very clear that that's a new plumbing item and this is where it connects to the existing system. Um, it, it's difficult for the reviewer <laughs> to try to often make out what the design intention is right. uh, from some of the drawings that we get. Not a mind reader, are you? No. no, no. <laughs> right. Lee, a lot of great information here. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. Lee Kraft with us. Uh, he's a plumbing plan reviewer with the Building Division of Land Development Services and some, some good information there. And 
and uh, uh, maybe a little technical, so maybe you might have to go back and rewind, listen to it again. But uh, thanks for being with us on this edition of the Code Talk podcast, and thanks to Lee for providing some excellent information. Uh, if you need uh, more, you can go to fairfaxcounty.gov and do a simple search for plumbing plan review. Also go to land development services directly at fairfaxcounty.gov slash land development. And if you need to reach the building division, you can call 703-631-5101 or you can email lbsbdmail at fairfaxcounty.gov. It's not an easy email address, so I'll repeat it again. LDSBDmail at fairfaxcounty.gov. Thanks for listening to the Code Talk podcast, which is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.